College football fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk, what else, some college football. There's only two weeks left, and when I say that, there is a little slight tear coming out of my eye because, well, there's only two weeks left. You know, it, it, Sometimes it feels like a marathon, but we know that's the NFL. We still don't know what the catch is in the NFL, but that's a different story. But, man, it is a sprint in college football each and every week. And just to remind you again, I think we've done it a couple times this year, the best regular season in team sports is college football, hands down. So we are going to start the show actually talking a little uh, college football playoff rankings because we do have some very interesting – well, the rankings seem to be pretty much – most people are in agreement of where everybody's ranked, but when you look at the games on the schedules, potentially, we're going to go through the scenarios. You know, if Alabama loses to Georgia, they got to be out, right? It, right? The winner of the Big 12, is that, especially if it's a one-loss, Oklahoma State or Oklahoma, is that going to be enough to leap up and, and cross Cincinnati? Speaking of Cincinnati, as of right now, they're in. Right, they're the highest ranked um, non-power five to be in, which that's cool for them. It won't be cool in two weeks if they're not in, though. But um, so yeah, we're gonna start with that. We'll talk a little bit um, as far as recapping Week Twelve. Uh, we definitely had some statement uh, statement uh, games out there. Utah, Ohio State. I mean, there was a couple of games you're like, wow, yeah, here they are. Clemson came back to college football. Hey, guys, you know that the season started in September, right? Because where where was this the whole time on offense? Um, so, yeah, there is a variety of things that we'll talk about. Then, of course, of course, week 13, rivalry week. Obviously, we all know the, uh, the 11 a.m. Central time game, Ohio State-Michigan. That's only eight points. We've been seeing these 19 and 21s from Ohio State. Now it's on the road, but, you know, that's going to be a very interesting game on paper. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, that's a big, big game. And then, of course, just a bunch of rivalry games. Shoot, even Penn State and Michigan State. Penn State's favored by one on the road, folks. You know what I mean? So, yeah, the Alabama-Auburn, which could all of a sudden be sneaky. I mean, there are some games out here that's really going to be interesting, no doubt about it. So we're going to, like I said, start with the rankings, uh, do a little bit of the recap, and then get into the preview and predictions. We'll talk about maybe upsets of the week. We'll, of course, do the, the against the spread, the betting line banter stuff. Um We'll catch up with the crafty, crappy pick of the week, baby. We had another great season that we'll definitely brag about. So this is the last game of that one, by the way. Although I did have a suggestion. I don't know if it's going to make it, but I did have a suggestion for next week. But I think it's, you know, it's, it's more of a shot at my co-host, and I don't know if I want to do that. So anyway, um, it, but here's the thing. If this is the first time you um, have are listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope it open radio. You don't have to go to blog talk and rope it open, download the show there or directly or listen to the browser. If you don't want to, you can find this college football show here on the rope it open radio podcast 
at Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spricker, a whole lot of other places as well. Just Google. Um, we're also part of the Grueling True Sports Podcast Network. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. And one more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV. And on demand, no annual contract, no hidden fees. In fact, if you upgrade to the choice or ultimate, that'll give you three free months of HBO Max. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks with no additional fees, which we see a whole lot of them lately. And if you go all the way to the premiere package, that gives you Showtime and HBO Max included in the monthly price. Excuse me, that's Direct TV Stream. All right, I'm going to go ahead and uh, bring in my co-host Marshall now. He usually has some sort of rant or positivity thing or, or something like that. Just kind of catch up with him and see how he's doing. What's going on, man? Uh, hey, life ain't too bad, Chris. Uh, got a nice week of uh, getting into college basketball with games every day. Uh, a lot of college football. Got holiday tomorrow. Got NFL. It's it's a good week of sports, and that means Christmas isn't far away either, or my birthday. So this is a uh, a nice time of the year. I can't complain. And also, I saw yesterday or last week, uh, Tiger Woods was hitting golf balls again. So everything's kind of you know staying positive, you can say. Um, for college football, uh, it will be interesting where I think there could be some not so positive, uh, feelings and emotions, as you were saying to start off the show, talking about the, um, college playoff ranking. Um, they're going to have to make some choices where some team is going to have kind of a, a sad Christmas, but I'll say this, Chris, I mean, besides Georgia and, for the most part, Cincinnati, everyone else really has had at least a slip up to where if you do happen to miss this year's playoff, you can't say like, oh, we got completely screwed, you know, unless Cincinnati like just gets left out and just kind of gets shafted. But besides that, all these other teams who we will be discussing, like it, no one has a huge bone to pick, like you said, as of so far, as of right now. Yeah, um, you're not talking and, about win out, right? Because if no. Ohio State wins out. Then that would be a that would be major if they you know didn't oh them. yeah yeah but but as of right now seems things seem to going pretty well like teams are where they're supposed to be which personally I think is progress because there's been some years where you know it, it, the committee is kind of like you know has made head scratching moves and as of for right now things are okay. But the fun part is the fact that we have a lot of teams remaining left in this potential to make our playoff who are going to be playing each other. So this should be a really fun last couple of weeks of college football. I know we do get bowl season and bowl season has its moments, but for now, the main focus is we have potentially hopefully some really good conference championship games in the near future. And we have a week coming up in a, a couple of days from now, Chris, where maybe an upset could happen. Like, I think we're kind of taking a couple of things for granted, but maybe this is the year where finally Harbaugh mm. just gets it done. Man, I, again, I'm, I'm not saying I would bet it, but maybe. Like, you know, there's, I think, a couple of things where maybe the, 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 the sun switches its rotation and Georgia loses to Georgia Tech. Again, highly unlikely, but um, – <laughs> Is Kelvin Jackson or Kelvin Johnson back? Does he got a year eligibility? They're going to need him. 
I, I think the Lions have finally rescinded his contract, so he's allowed to See? go suit up again. I, I think he went out uh, his junior year, dude. So he's got it. You can make money now, so he's he's still a, he could make you know he's an amateur, so he'd go actually, back for one more year. I I think they would probably need to steal a couple of uh, former great linebackers too, because that Georgia mm-hmm. team, good God, they're. I mean, Georgia Georgia's resume this year is, continues to be impressive. I mean that that team. Well, yeah. Well, let's just get into my for my opening quick story rant. And Chris said, let's talk about the college football playoff. Georgia's pretty much locked in. Let me let me tell you this, Chris, because they're not going to lose to Georgia Tech. But and I again, very highly unlikely. Let's say Georgia loses to Alabama. Let's say Georgia even gets beat forty to three by Bama in the SEC game. There, Ooh, you had to add yeah. that caveat, did you? But okay. they're okay. they're they're still in. Like for this college football playoff, Georgia. I mean, unless the team gets COVID and and like something happens, like Georgia's locked in. So that's one team set in stone. Now, so if they get beat forty to three, they're in for sure. If they lose forty to three to Bama in the SEC title game, I would still put them in. Yeah, because so that's right their, now. Right now, I'm not trying to downgrade them in any. They got a win over Florida. Is Kentucky still ranked? Uh, is Auburn I, still ranked? Is Arkansas still ranked? Arkansas's ranked, yes. Oh, and then Clemson's ranked now. Okay. Just just yeah. catching up. The only yeah. reason why I brought that up is because you you added that forty to three thing, and that made me go, huh? Hold on, let me check. No, they, 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 yeah, they could probably lose their number one spot, but yeah, oh, I, I yeah, would, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so, so for that debate, yeah, Georgia's in. Now, now it gets still hot. Let's, I guess I'll just go in order quick, then I'll throw it to you. Why don't we do the out. Bama thing then, since we're in the SEC? Sure. Well, and, and so the will suit down to Bama, who's currently number three. If Bama loses to Georgia, which could, well, first of all, Bama could lose to Auburn this week, which is possible, or Bama could lose to, Georgia, which they'll be an underdog. I know that you have that old school thought of, well, it's Bama and Saban. Well, that's true, but this is not your regular Bama and Saban team. This is a Bama team who, again, lost to a trash quarterback, was a 29-point favorite and barely beat LSU. Arkansas did an onside kick with a minute left in the game to try to get, get the game back. So is this Bama team good? Yes. Is this the regular, oh, Nick Saban is going to take care of Georgia like he always does? He could, but this is not your loaded roll tide team we're used to. So yes, I'll tell you this, Chris. If if Bama loses to Auburn or to Georgia in the SEC title game, what does their window look like for making it? Because I've heard a lot of people say, and I, normally it sounds outlandish, but I think if Bama loses, they could see themselves out of this college football playoff potentially. Yeah, I would. Uh, you can hear me right now, right? Yes. Okay. I had to adjust because I just thought about my battery and I had to plug it in. Um, so I think that I, I would be disappointed if Bama made it and I would be getting a petition around town to, for people to sign it. Yeah, Bama, if Bama, for all the reasons you just said, if Bama does end up losing one more time, they got to be gone. They got to be gone. They had, you know, competitive games with teams like Florida, by the way, you know. Um, yeah, I think two, two, lo- unless, you know, 
as long as the the one loss teams and the undefeated team is still there, obviously, sure. obviously Georgia would be, and Cincinnati yes. and all that. Yes, Alabama would be out. So then we'll uh, hop over to number two, Ohio State, who, again, they will be the betting favorite. They are a seven-point favorite against Michigan this upcoming week. They go to Michigan. Um, and they also would probably play, well, assuming they win, they would play Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game, assuming the Badgers hold on. Um, again, the way they're playing, um, obviously, right now, everyone would want to say, yeah, Ohio State's going to be in. Now, let me ask you this, Chris, to continue this fun debate. If Ohio State does, for the third time in 18 years, lose to Michigan, then what does their scenario start to become? Because then it gets a little more dicier, my friend. Um, I think even though on paper – well, on paper, the a and I'm looking at the Bama thing, and they're on – they're one. Uh, hmm. I think they'd have. I don't think they. They. Sh- I don't think they should make it. Um, if we're going off, people close how we think they're going to close and whatnot. Sure. Big Twelve champion. That's one loss and stuff like that. So yeah, if Ohio State loses to Michigan, they would have lost to um, Oregon, um, who's eleventh right now and has a chance to beat Utah potentially in two weeks. But you know they just got their butts kicked. Um, I guess we've seen that before. I remember uh, Wisconsin and Nebraska uh, years ago in the, in the Big Ten uh, championship game, and, and they got they beat them up, and then they beat them in the, there. I suppose that could happen. But I would say, even though they've been playing great, I would say, yeah, yeah, I don't think Ohio State would make it with two losses. I'm with you on that. Um, and then, obviously, it, it, it would be so michigan s to beat Ohio State finally and then lose in the Big Ten title game. I could just that I, I swear that's like what Michigan would do. Now, let's just say this miracle does happen. Let's say Michigan does beat Ohio State, then that will instantly move them up into the Final Four, and then they do control their own destiny. So that would be a good case scenario for them. Um, yeah, and the fact that Wisconsin won likely, unless you know our my Gophers beat them. Um, which would knock them down, but if not, you know they would be nine and three, and they'd be at least top fourteen. They'd probably move up. And then now for the fun one, which again, I, I, it, it surprised me speaking of Cincinnati because normally when you see tons and tons of money flow one way in Vegas, it's for a good reason. But again, mind you, after the second college football playoff ranking came out, I believe it was FanDuel, you could get. Cincinnati to make the playoff at close to like plus six to seven dollars, and then missing it was like minus four hundred to three fifty. So huh. all the money in the world a couple of weeks ago was saying, "Dude, Cincinnati has no chance." Now we came, we talked about that before the show, and again, and I, I love there's a, a Vegas right. sports broadcast network, and I listen to their shows all the time, and they were making points, you know, and jokingly like. Well, God, what if Notre Dame passes them? You know, which, again, I'm not saying it could happen. I hope it doesn't. But it's not impossible, but it's unlikely. But anyways, there, there are scenarios where Cincinnati could be kept out. In the last two weeks, nothing, Cincinnati has taken care of business. They had an impressive blowout win this past week. As of now, they're in the driver's seat. As of now, I, they, assuming they just take care of business, they beat East Carolina, and then they win their um, conference title game against Houston. 
Chris, if, if they, yeah, if they beat ECU, which they sh- they should. ECU's a respectable uh, average six win team, but they're not great. They have an okay quarterback. Whatever. Right. If, if Cincinnati wins ECU and beats Houston, what would you say is the percent chance they wouldn't make the Final Four if they win out? I don't know percentage chance. I think they'd be in. I, I, I don't, it's hard to say 100%, obviously. I never really sure. look at it from an exact percentage point. Um, I'm, I'm really – I've been the – I don't think Notre Dame's going to pass. I, I know that the argument was, well – I don't look think they should either. Yeah, and the argument was, well, look at Michigan. You know, they had just lost. So, well, the key thing is there they had just lost. Uh, second thing, it wasn't at the end of the year. Had they both won out, I don't think uh, Michigan would have been over there because I think they would have probably tied that to, hey, this is the this is the head-to-head now counts because the season's over. So now we're at 13 games, and now we're going to make a decision. So I don't even think Michigan State, had they kept winning out, obviously, would have been below. But that was the argument. Well, what the hell, Michigan right now is above them, and they just beat them a week ago. And I get that. That was kind of weird. But I don't think Notre Dame, just because they – they're going to be sitting at home, and there's just no way they can go over the top. And I don't think the Big 12 could knock them out either. I guess in that scenario, either Ohio State or Bama uh, losing one of those two, I guess you could make an argument could maybe bump in there. Because people will go, well, Alabama, we were just talking about this, Alabama versus Cincinnati, I favor Alabama, so does Vegas. So I'll pick Alabama. You know, it's – but, no, I don't think – I think this year – the way it's lined up, I think because they have that, they have a road win against the number six team in the country. That's pretty much unlike a lot of all these other um, teams that were trying to get in in years past. Sure. Remember, remember when Baylor was undefeated, but they hadn't played anybody in the non-conference and all that, and there was a big argument over that. Well, I have to say for sure that uh, I think Cincinnati would be in. And I think what does benefit them is just looking at the teams around them quickly is that if Michigan were to pass, Michigan would have to beat Ohio State and beat Wisconsin. That's really hard to do. So right now Cincinnati's at four, Michigan's at five. That's a hard thing to do. Currently Notre Dame is at six. Okay, let's say Michigan does lose to Ohio State. Okay, so let's say Notre Dame next week hocks up to five. Now Notre Dame this current week plays Stanford. Stanford is not been good this year at all. They've been an average team at best. And that is Notre Dame's last game of the year. So Notre Dame doesn't get the uh, glamorous win of Stanford. I mean, they're again, they're at their shit. They're probably equivalent to ECU. Okay. So at, at best, ECU might probably might even be a better team. Anyways. So, but Notre Dame gets no conference championship game. So even if this following week, Cincinnati's at four, Notre Dame's at five, Cincinnati now gets to go play a Houston team who is respectable and bumps them up. So yeah, the, the, uh, if Notre Dame, it, it would take a complete screw job from the committee, which would then make us wonder many questions. But yeah, I think Cincinnati is in a great position just to take care of business. Now, is it possible? Now hold on, hold pressure? on. Before we get too far, before we get sure. too far, I have two scenarios there, though. Okay. Okay. So here's the deal. Wonder if, so if Cincinnati loses to Houston, are they going to be higher ranked in than Notre Dame in that scenario? Because then all of a sudden you go, well, it's a head-to-head. 
and this goes off that Michigan-Michigan State thing, it's a head-to-head win. However, their loss, Notre Dame, is way better than a, than a loss to Houston. Is Does that play into that head-to-head? Something I really never thought about because I think Cincinnati will beat Houston. But all of a sudden I'm looking like, huh. And then the other scenario is what we're talking about. And I'll let you go a little further about the Big 12 because I think – you know, whatever happens with the whole Oklahoma State and Oklahoma this week, I do believe they'll move in front of that last scenario. I think they may be bumped up above Notre Dame at five, and, and Notre Dame would actually stay there. Um, I think we've got to this point far enough to where, hey, since that you, you've done all you can, um, turn where you're at. But if they were to lose, I think their playoff hopes are absolutely dead just from not trusting the committee. I mean, we, we've made it here. And again, last year, realistically, do we love the underdog story in our country? Yes. Realistically, did they deserve to make the playoff? Probably not. But, you know, there are certain narratives that go into storylines like anything else in our country. But, yes, I do think if they were to slip up against, obviously, ECU, which would be really bad, or Houston, I think their chances are dead, unfortunately. And then Notre Dame would – well, Notre Dame or uh, – a, a fellow team behind them would jump Big ahead. 12. Yes. Yeah. And for the Big 12, um, for the kind of one of the other scenarios we can look at, um, Oklahoma plays Oklahoma State this week. If Oklahoma beats them, there's a rematch of that game the following week in my backyard in Dallas. Let's just say, for some let's just say Oklahoma gets hot and they, let's say they have two actual. Good games this year. Oklahoma really has not been that impressive this year. They've won games, but they've not been the Lincoln-Riley high-flash offense we're used to seeing as a college football fan. So, Chris, let's say, yeah, Oklahoma, they they win at Oak State, and they beat them in Dallas. Does Oklahoma have a legit chance of making the college football playoff, even though pretty much the committee – looked at their resume and said, guys, you've been winning this year, but you haven't been that good. Like, would that be enough to kind of push your resume over the top when it really was recognized as an average resume at best throughout the whole season? Right. It was. It was average in their performances were, you know, not subpar, but not uh, dominant. However, if you just beat the number 17 and then you beat what would probably be, you know, it matters how – much of if it's a blowout that's different but maybe they drop True. a few spots if it's a blowout they, they may drop way more than that could drop six to eight you know we've seen that too so i think it does depend on how the games go but if they beat them back to back a one loss team i think has to be over notre dame at that point um and that and, and i don't know i mean we we're talking about this to bring it there you know, if if the Big Twelve won loss, and that and so it'd be in that scenario, of Oklahoma Oklahoma getting in off those two wins. Ah, man, is that? I mean, they could argue that it's just as good as the Notre Dame, but then Oklahoma State would have two losses, and then they'd actually have three, and Notre Dame would still be at one. Geez, that's a good one. I actually think, man, I don't know, because the other scenario is Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma. And then Oklahoma State beats Baylor, let's say, and then they're one loss. I feel strongly that they go in front of Cincinnati with just one loss, just because of uh, uh, their record. 
Yeah, you have a, a stronger conference, yeah. Which, if you're Cincy, like, damn, that that's that's just you're an uphill battle because you've done all yeah. you can. But yeah, I I I I do think that's there. I'm with you. Where if one of these big, if Oklahoma or Oklahoma State win out, Cincinnati's gonna have to be praying that, that doesn't occur because that could be a very very interesting. Um, case of events for them to be left out and again they're big Baylor fans right now yes they are for sure for sure they're Oklahoma for a week and then they're Baylor fans yeah so that that I think would be the most likely scenario for Cincinnati to miss if a big 12 team sweeps how does the committee handle that and in fairness, that would be a really tough call to make because since they ran the table, they avoided that one slip up in the year. But right. your quality wins do not match that of a conference, which is not hands and above better than y'all, but better overall. Yeah, that that'd be a very well. We'll be able to talk about that more next week though, because we'll know yeah. them. But yeah, if you're Cincy though, again, you want to split. In uh, Bedlam, again, Notre Dame's chances, again, things could happen, but I would say they're pretty small. For Michigan, hey, win, win and you're in. Um, and I, I, besides, I don't think there's any other school that really has a chance. I know my old Miss boys are sitting there ninth and nine and two, but they don't have any, they play Mississippi State, who I think is ranked like 24th, but old Miss would need like everyone to lose, which would be really cool. But my my odds of Kiffin making are probably like three percent. It, it's possible. It's unlikely. It's possible, but it's very unlikely. So I think all the teams we we have discussed um, have a chance. And yes, Oklahoma is ten. But I think again, if you win, you're hopping Old Miss, you're hopping Baylor. All of a sudden, that gets interesting. So yes, uh, all these Cincinnati fans will be very uh, flippy floppy on who we're cheering for in the Big Twelve, and hopefully, it benefits them for that sake. Um, I know we didn't discuss this much, but again, Wisconsin, just to kind of wrap up our Big Ten part of Ohio State Michigan, Wisconsin actually been playing really, really good football. So whatever team does play them in the Big Ten title game is not a shoe in, which again is very beneficial for Cincinnati and others because at the start of the year, Wisconsin was playing football where you were having three interceptions a game, your team looked like shit. Now you're getting three turnovers a game on defense, and your defense is still elite. So right. Ohio State Michigan key, is that elite defense. Yeah, Ohio State Michigan is the key game to focus on, but that Wisconsin it would be foolish if you're discussing this college football playoffs with your friends or wanting you know look at options. Don't just automatically shoo in Ohio State or Michigan because that Badgers team is much different than the team we saw when they were getting all their ESPN games here and they were ranked. Like that team has been regrouped and refocused. So that's not an automatic shoe-in. So, yeah, Chris, we have a lot of fun scenarios to talk about, um, but that playoff committee night show could be very interesting if the Big 12s take care of business or if the Big 10 gets a little goofy. Yeah, no doubt about it. And Mississippi State technically is not ranked now. I just double-checked. But, um, oh, yeah, yeah man, they, it, they were. You're right. Yeah, they've been in and out of it. And, um and that just goes to show you, like we said last year and the year before, and I think we said this before, there's no reason to expand it, obviously, to 12. That's fucking ridiculous. Or 16. That's ridiculous. Sure. But five or just to sum it up and just figure it out and do the buys for one and two, just make it six and just so we don't have to even mess with it in the future. 
if we did six teams, that would be perfect. Because I swear to you, we've had so many examples of this since we started the show of the eight-team thing. And a lot of times, it's it's matchups we've already seen. It it it, it you know it, it doesn't deplete the regular season, but it it waters it down majorly if you got to go up against another team, you know, and you're not even in the the semifinals yet. You know, it it just doesn't. It kind of, t- it's not kind of, it, t- it would take away from the regular season if you went even eight, but especially if you went 12. Now, I understand the bowl uh, scenario and making better bowl games, but I'll say this, they've made a lot better matchup in the last, whatever, five to ten years than they did back in the day. We've had a lot of good bowl top matchups, you know. So if they want to expand it to 12, then trim up some of these bowl games then, dude. Let's not have these 50 bowl games then. You know, sure. if you're going to do this, because let's turn some of these pretty good bowl games into this quarterfinal stuff, then I think that draws interest as well. More interest. It's going to already. Um, but as far as last week goes, uh, we're just going to kind of breeze by some of this. Arkansas did manage to hang and get under that point spread, 42 to 35. I thought they definitely grinded their way. Ohio State, my goodness gracious. We've seen how they've improved on the stretch, and they do this a lot. Sometimes they won't lose early, but they may not look great, or they will lose like the um, that Virginia Tech game back in 13, 2013. They ended up winning the national championship. So sometimes they do that, and then all of a sudden they just start working, and, and then it's on. But C.J. Strode, dude, I mean – Really, dude? 29 of 31, 393, six touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Did I mention that was in the first half, Marshall? My goodness gracious. So we'll talk about that blowout a little bit. But also, um, speaking of blowouts, Oregon and Utah. You know, we both called, like, hey, Utah, this is a good spot for them. But I didn't think it would go down like that. Uh, of the ones to be more surprised by, I would definitely, well, eh, I, I guess I'd be a little more surprised by the um, Utah score. Um, you're right. Ohio, we were talking about this last week. Ohio State's kind of in that midseason. I shouldn't say midseason, but in their groove where they kind of go on a war path and they just take care of business, whether that's the start of the Big Ten player, middle, or the end. They seem to do that pretty uh, consistently, so it, it's not surprising at all that that's kind of they're in they're in that time of the year. Um, now to obviously kill them like they did is surprising, but for Ohio State, that's Michigan State. They had a nice year, but they kind of fell off the deep end at the end there, and they started to get exposed. Whether it was against Purdue and then Ohio State, and you have really bad secondary, and all of a sudden your season's over really quickly. So that's a nice one by Ohio State, and for Oregon. They've kind of been like Oklahoma, Chris, where they've had some games this year where you're playing teams you're supposed to beat, and you don't do it that impressively. And then you walk into Utah, who is probably one of the toughest places to play in the whole West Coast out of all college football stadiums, and they came out flat, and Utah didn't miss a step at all. Like, that, that hands down, that was a hell of a win by Utah. Like, that, they took care of business from, the first, from when that game started. That there was Utah played Smash Mouth football, which is Oregon's kind of football. And Oregon just wasn't ready to play. Just period. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how else to say that one, brother. 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see it like that. I did not see that one coming. You, you could kind of, like you said, that I didn't think it'd be fifty-six to seven or whatever, or that that first half would would look like that with that Ohio State game, uh, a Michigan State game. But like you said, they do kind of have that groove going, and once they get it going, it's hard to turn it off. So that that shocked me though. That that uh, that was big, man. And now they're probably going to play again. I mean, they're going to play again. And like I said, I brought up that example. Um, I think it was Wisconsin and Nebraska. Nebraska, from what I remember, beat them. And, and maybe it was one of those at the uh, – was that the Russell Wilson year? Where it was right at the goal line. Didn't someone catch a touchdown right at the goal line? And then the, when they met Wisconsin and Nebraska in the, in the Big Ten final, bam, they just whooped them. I'm pretty sure that's how that went. But anyway, um, speaking of Wisconsin, they got by Nebraska 35-28. to 28, Kind of a grinded-out game. But Nebraska managed to uh, one-score it again. So they snuck under that, um, that, that spread. And so did, by the way, Illinois and Iowa. They snuck under that 12-and-a-half, I think it was, uh, point spread. So they were competitive games. In fact, Illinois, for a second there, I thought, uh-oh. This might happen. This actually might happen, but it didn't. Oklahoma got a win 28-21. And another surprise here. Like, I'm not shocked that they won just because their defense is damn good. But where has this been all season? Are the, did the players not get paid this week in Clemson? Is that, is that what it was? So D- Dabo felt a little bit more loosey-goosey or something. But 48-27, to what in the hell? was that all about they got a running game going 333 yards like we're ball control and we're going to keep away from this uh wicked uh wake forest offense that shocked me i felt really dumb giving out that pick because then i just saw that last year okay so uh the spread was 35 points and I was like, oh, shit. So I was like, I maybe shouldn't have given out that pick. And, yes, obviously, Clemson's not the same team they were. But to go from, like, I guess almost like a 32-point drop of a spread, it's like, uh, maybe I got a little crazy with that pick. And, obviously, by when that game started, um, the offense of the the offense just wasn't moving. Clemson's, he had a game plan. Whatever game plan they used last year was still effective. And that was just a, a matchup that didn't work out in their favor. So a good win. Maybe it was a maybe it was a Styles matchup. Maybe Clemson just wanted to get a good game. Maybe they want to pull up an upset this year. Um, but we did give out a winner in the Kansas game. We did lose our Clemson pick, but the Kansas twenty-two points. Fred Hell, Kansas was they, they were up in the third quarter. So like that one was good. So I went yeah. one for one. But I do because I've been giving out kind of five-star picks here, and I've been doing pretty well. But last week was not a pretty well pick. Last week was a bad pick. So apologies on that. That one was, uh, yeah. Uh, Wake had a chance, and but uh, again, after about a, a, a quarter into that game, you're like, uh, this Wake offense is struggling. So I don't think it's going to be their day. It's just another example of bagging and smacking in our face. Sometime, you know, like, hey, we do know what we're talking about. Okay, sure. Yes, we have to do exactly. this for a living. Okay. I know. So, we, we, you know, we try, we try. Okay, that does make that does line up now that you put it that way. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, yeah, that all well, that all lines up. Any other items that you want to talk about uh, from last week before we get into a rivalry week? 
I think the only really other big surprise last week was um, what happened with uh, South Carolina. Like, this is a school who at the start of the year was using an, an assistant coach as a quarterback. And now you actually, you've beat Florida and you've beat Auburn. And actually you're going to a bowl game this year. So I didn't think they would win, but an opera was like a 14 point favorite. And I think opera was actually up 14 to zero in the first quarter and South Carolina wins the game 21 to 17. Like I just Auburn, like you've been getting a lot of love this year for being a team that, you know, has its highs and lows, but this is the biggest low of the year. So that one surprised me. And lastly, Missouri, they won, they won the game in OT. But their offensive looked absolutely abysmal. Like Missouri was struggling to get first downs throughout the whole game, and you can't score on a Florida team who got fifty on them on Stanford, and who every school in the country has torched you. So Missouri got a win. They sent Dan Mullen packing, but that was really an embarrassing win. I'm happy they won the game, but this elite offense that Missouri is supposed to have didn't really exist. But I'll never complain about a win. It just wasn't really an impressive one, Chris. Well, and speaking of uh, Florida (laughs) in Mullen, oh, sorry. Um, So, I mean, this year, there is a lot. Talk about openings and potential openings. I mean, yes. There, it's, geez, Louise. That's why we see all these, uh, you know, extensions and all that, because it's like, hey, man, the next year or two, we're going to have to hold on tight, and you're going to pay us $10 million if our guy moves and stuff like that. I mean, we even did it here in Gopherville up here in Minnesota. We we now have, um, you know, if Fleck went anywhere in the in this year especially or, or next year, then that, that would be like $10 million. So that would at least help, you know, towards the next coach and whatever. But he had lost to five straight power five opponents, uh, you know, and, and he had lost nine out of the last 11 as well. Um, and here's another stat. Mullins firing at Florida became the 20th coaching change in the SEC since 2015. That's the most of any league, Power 5 or whatever. Uh, the AAC is is tied or is second with 16. That's kind of crazy, but when you think about it, there has been a lot of quality coaches that have kind of moved into that place. Uh, but, yeah, man, uh, two years ago, when they were eleven and two, you know, being like Miami's one of you know, I had the Gophers and then Miami, and I was like, oh boy, Florida's about to start really winning here, and man, did that go quick because it looked promising two years ago. I can't lie. Well, Florida was some uh, abysmal, abysmal like l- late half game play call coaching from being, beating a, a stout Bama team. Like, if Mullen pulls his head out of his ass and actually has some, like, smart game management, they could have beat Bama two years. Like, the, Chris, that, 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 and now you've gone from you could have beat an elite Saban team to your court, your coach is fired. Like, hell, they were even a play away from being Bama this year, and I know that Bama's yep. not the team that are you, but, like, so how do you go? You're not getting fired in a year you're going to beat Bama. No. Right? And again, you, you were both, and I, we, I remember talking about on the podcast, I remember the exact plays, but uh, he had some really stupid play calls that cost him the game against Bama. 
of course, the way he's after, he never takes any accountability anyways. But after his post game, I was like, okay, well, like, damn, like Florida, like, you know, you're, this is a pretty good program. And you go from, you know, becoming a potentially elite program again to uh, somewhere that's Sarah Chris again with, with how much we talk X's and O's, it still comes down to your coaching kids and the kids got to love you. Uh, That's even goes to me with high school sports being a coach. Like, you know, at the end of the day, you you, you got your X's and O's, but it's the Jimmy's and the Joe's. Like, it it is about the kids. And, again, I have no stories or no details, but something must have happened, whether it was amongst the players or the staff or something went wrong there because you they didn't lose talent. Now I know that he wasn't having a great recruiting. um, uh, he, He wasn't bringing the recruits quite as they wanted him to, but the skill level was still there to be, um, competitive. Maybe maybe he wasn't getting the recruits that, you know, Bam or Georgia are getting, but you're not getting scrubs in Florida either. You're getting, okay, maybe you're getting the, the really good four stars or, you know, something to that effect. So something yeah. happened that made him lose the locker room or something with that team and, and changed their MO and they never were able to catch back up to, which is just, again, such a, a high ceiling and a low floor in the span of like literally 10 games is if you correlate the season. So yeah. again, I, I, I'm, I'm not a Gator fan, but just to see such a low and a high. Yeah. It's my mind. And well, it's funny. Nick, it all started when he got pissed off that Texas A&M had, they got, this is more than 25% full in the stadium. Well, dude, remember when we just dogged him? Oh, it's like, yeah, dude, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but in a normal year, it's going to be full, dude. What the fuck are you talking sure. about? Don't do this. And that's yeah. where I started going, huh, what's up with this dude? Like, for real, that's your excuse that you lost the game because they had fans in the crowd? I mean, isn't that a normal year? So you really would have got your ass kicked the year after then when it got 110 or whatever. You know, it, yeah, well, it's crazy, though. And now the the real estate is gorgeous as hell for college football coaches because USC is open, LSU is open, Florida is open. Um, Vatech is not the quite the equivalent of those three, but Vatech is still a Miami a might be damn, open. Miami might be open. Vatech is still a damn good program. Like that's I would that would be a great job for any coach to get. I would say, in my opinion, Chris, that's um, solid for sure. And yeah, Miami could be open. Uh, and this is a so, perfect time to mention your guy. I, Miami my, my, might my, be open. My my guy Kiff might be going somewhere. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but but I think then this also forces the hand of these colleges, which I don't get either, because you see Mel Tucker on Michigan State. You just got you got ran out of the entire state. You got a ten year deal. No eight 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 or nine year deal. And then James Franklin. Again, two and twelve his last ten games against top ten. I'm not saying the guy, you know, that's a hard record to have, but or excuse me, he's two and twelve his last games against top ten opponents, which is hard to accomplish. That's a lot to of top coach. ten opponents do. If True. You think about it. But you know, I, and again, I I don't think he's maybe the coolest person ever alive, but he's an okay coach. But again, does he deserve a ten year deal? I think this was a, again an overreaction of by Michigan State and Penn State of well. Look at all these top name programs who are lo- having free free um, coaching jobs. Let's yeah. sign our guys deep. And like again, what? And again, as Michigan State turned it around, sure. But you've also got smoked by Purdue and Ohio State really badly, and then you give your guy like a, a ten or nine year deal, and you give James Franklin again a ten year deal for 
I, it, it just, it, I feel that was a rushed call from the more maybe attractive job openings that are available. But man, that's still a ton of money. And you know, the, and Chris, it does seem more and more nowadays that it's these coaches are making their contracts more beneficial for them financially to where, hey, if you're going to let this guy go, you're going to have to pay us a nice penny. And that puts you in weird spots, kind of like, you know, for example, a school like Texas is in now or, well, you know, like I'm sure Texas, no way they're in hell they're going to fire Sark because they just signed the guy to a new deal. So the financial angles are an interesting point too. Sorry for a rant there, but it's, no, it's no, really interesting. No, I want to talk further into that, though. Go ahead. So Big Ten, okay, what people don't realize, well, I mean, some people do, but some people haven't, I've noticed. The Big Ten is about to redo, or not redo, but they're about to get a brand new TV contract. And the amount of um, increase is going to be really, really big, like major. And as of right now, and, and don't get me wrong, the SEC just did their deal again you know, a year or two ago. Um, but even with that, technically speaking, it, I don't think it'll be this year or the next year, but technically speaking, if you look at revenue as a league, Power 5 revenue, the Big Ten made $789.9 million last year, the SEC $728 million, okay? So they're about to get a major deal. So – what I mean is the prices are going to go up. So that's one. That's why they have these 10-year things, right? Another, let's look at the James Franklin thing. So here, here's the deal. His buyout, so this year, right, if he goes someplace, whoever gets him owes them $12 million that they can put towards, you know, the next one. Now, the year after that, it's an $8 million. So therefore, you at least you're – not, you're not having to pay because if they get another job – that contract's gone. It's off the books. Now, in three or four years, if they suffer, well, there's incentives there. And, yeah, you owe some money, no doubt about it. But you have a lot more money coming in. So much like we did here in Minnesota, we said, all right, dude, this, this offseason's major. We need $10 million coming back to us if our coach leaves. Now, as far as uh, Penn State, since 2016, James Franklin, he has a 72.6 winning percentage, uh, 53 and 20, the ninth best in the whole Power Five. So it's been up, it's been down. They won a Rose Bowl, so so it's kind of a variety of stuff there. But that's why I think you're seeing these deals, and we don't know what the I don't know what the middle of those deals look like. They still might look okay and worth it. So Michigan State's just now turning it around again. They're like, oh, hold on. Let's hold on to this guy so he doesn't leave this year. So we'll see how that, that, that plays out. Just wanted to add a little bit of layers in there. But let's, because we're at the 46-minute, almost 47-minute mark, let's get going here, okay? Okay, so Ohio State, Michigan. At Michigan, it's only an eight-point spread, which we haven't really seen all that much. Penn State was a – was Penn State under 20? I can't remember, but it's been a while – since there was a under 10, a single-digit point spread when it came to Ohio State now. Is uh, this the year? Is this the year? Go ahead. What were you going to say, though? I was going to say Penn State was like uh, – they were around like 14 to 16, I believe. Okay. So that's probably the closest one in a while, it feels like. Sure. Um, yes, sir. 
is this the year? McAmere says some stuff. I, I heard his little quotes and stuff for Michigan. Um, that's, you know, bulletin, board stuff, whatever. Um, you know, they played damn good against Michigan State and were up by two scores and let it go. Um, you know, when you look at that game, you're like, wow, and they still had a chance to win that game down the stretch. Um, they pretty much beat up and did what Wisconsin normally does to teams. They did that to them. Um, is this the year that they finally get over the hump? Is this the year, and it feels like Vegas, I mean, that's like 11-point spread with the home field. Is this the year that they just, in, in a weird year, that we don't see a lot now right now, it only looks like Ohio State right now anyway, has joined Georgia in being the top two teams clearly. That's what it looks like right now. But it's still the year where, you know, this whole year it's only been Georgia as the great team. So is this the year that Michigan gets it done? No. I, no I Man, I, I had this great intro. I was going to play a clip, and you just, bam, knocked me down. I like the honesty. Yeah, I'm not gonna again. Let, let's let's see them win a game before we go out and make a pick for them to actually pull off the upset. Again, you look at what you look at what Ohio State did last week, what they did the week before. Um, they hung what 60 on Purdue. They hung over 48 on Michigan State. Like they're just they're scoring effortlessly. So could Michigan make it close? Sure, but these games are just consistently not close. And again, if you're Ohio State, you gotta. You got to lose to Michigan once before I even want to pick Michigan at all. So I, it could be a better game than we're than we've been seeing, but still, I think Vegas has the spread right. I'll probably join Ohio State with the seven and take it pretty comfortably, just because again, someone's got to switch up before I can believe that an upset could occur. The only thing I was gonna say is, is this gonna be another tight, heartbreaking loss? And I think that would be the. Obviously, it wouldn't be the peak because peak would be beating them. But as far as my terms of what they can peak this year, I think the best they could probably do. And it seems like they've always had a quarterback problem in the big games. I think this is probably the best that they can do is, like, miss a field goal at the end of the game or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they had their chance again. They messed up. But in this – you know, in the back of my head, it's like – Percentage points is low, but I'm like, hmm, could this be where just, oh, a kickoff return, oh, a fumble at midfield, oh, this, oh, they're playing good in the red zone, you know, that type of stuff. I don't know, but we know Michigan runs the shit out of the ball, but when you look at the numbers, yeah, I mean, Ohio State, <laughs> sling it all over the yard, they're going to have probably have 3,000 yard receivers. That's pretty good, by the way. But it's not like they, they have a guy. They have a their running back has more yards technically, um, just by a little bit. So they can run the ball too, especially in the second half. So I'm with you. I'm with Ohio State. The other rank versus rank Oklahoma at Oklahoma State, according to ESPN's Football Power Index, the Sooners are not going to win. Oklahoma State has it up 54.4% to 45.6. The over-under is low for this game on average, historically speaking, in the last decade or whatever. Usually this is just a shootout. The over-under is under 50, for Christ's sake. This is what, 70, 68? What is this normally? I mean, this is usually a – Mid-70s, you know, yeah. Yeah. 
at least 70, right, or something sure. like that, 49.5. Sure. And a lot of has that do with almost 10 points better on the defensive side, being able to stop the run, being able to do very well against the pass. And, uh, you know, the only thing that would stop Oklahoma State is just one of those things where maybe they can, you know, obviously Oklahoma has to find a way to put it in their quarterback's hand and let him try to win the game, uh, you know, making it so they're not running and playing defense on you. They have to have Sanders go through the air, which he's not as strong at, you know what I mean? So, but that can be a combo of run pass. That's what he does. So, or, will you know, is do, do, do the Sooners all of a sudden say, you know what, we're finally going to show uh, just a great performance. It feels like no, because they kind of, they just stuttered on offense, like you said before, you know, what we're used to. And now even Williams had a bad game two games ago. Um, what do you think here, man? Are the Sooners finally going to put it together and say, hey, by the way, we run the Big 12? By no means am I an English teacher. I teach geography, but I, I love the sentence. It feels like no. I don't know. Why, I don't know. I said it just made me start laughing. <laughs> it feels like no. I'm like, oh, I love the emotion. <laughs> it feels like no. That, that I have my like, own uh, dictionary. I, I definitely, I definitely used some words this week while coaching that were not in dictionary either. So, <laughs> when, when your team misses, when you miss five shots in your own in a in a basketball game and all five shots are uncontested, they all hit the rim. You know, there there's only so much a coach can do other than run on the court and get teed up. But it, oh, good God! Uh, but anyways, um, for this matchup, I think it's really simple. Uh, Oklahoma State has a better defense. Oklahoma does have a better offense. Which do you trust more? Do you trust the – I just – I mean, Oklahoma has really struggled throughout the whole year relatively to, to score at the level they normally do, and their quarterback has gone through some growing pains, as he should, because he's a rook. And Rattler's – God, I think he was the preseason Heisman favorite. Holy shit. Uh, but anyways, you know, they've had their ups and downs. Um, and Oklahoma State's offense really hasn't been that good this year. They've just been able to win games that are close, and their defense is pretty good. So I'm yeah. going to – for once, I just think that the advantage of the home field helps. Um, I know yeah. I've heard in the media there's an angle of uh, – Gundy was saying that he doesn't think that they're going to be able to keep this rivalry um, anymore when uh, OU goes to the SEC. So maybe this is kind of a, hey, you've been – you've and you want to talk about ass kickings. I think that when I said Michigan has beat Ohio State two of the last 18 games, I think it's almost identical, Chris, for where Oklahoma State has beat Oklahoma. Sure. Yeah, it's really similar to three out of 15 or three out of 18. I don't want to, you know, misquote, you know, but it's, it's really similar to that number. You know, if you're a Bedlam fan, you're probably calling me out. But yeah, so they've, they've kind of been the, the big brothers beat up on you forever. So, there could be a little motivational angle of, hey, they're going to leave us soon. Like, let's spoil their chance. We still have a chance. We still have an outside chance of making the college football playoffs. So, oh, good God. I'm going to start yeah. as low as 204. That's where you know it's a good matchup. I'm going to – Jesus. I'll pick Oklahoma State just because this is an OU team that almost lost on the road at Kansas. 
And so, hey, maybe this is the year where – for them, this could be year Oklahoma State gets the job done just because Oklahoma's offense has not found a rhythm all year. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pick Oak State. I'm so used to always taking OU because it's Baker Mayfield or Jalen Hurts or Kyler Murray. Like, you know, those are just yeah. – the spread's close, but, hey, it's going to be a shootout. I trust my OU quarterback. Right. This year, I don't trust the kid. I like the kid. I think he's going to be good, but he still has a ways to go. See, so, yeah, I'll take I'll take Oak State to pull off the – what I would consider an upset it, just from – the rivalry sense of this matchup. Yeah, and, and even when, you know, those last three quarterbacks, all of them had been on the field. Mayfield, uh, well, Mayfield didn't have as much experience coming over as a transfer, but Murray had played about half the games at A&M. I think it was with Josh Allen that they were going back and forth. That's crazy, huh? Um, so, you know, I think that Oklahoma State already got well, they already lost, of course, but they already kind of got they – were, they were winning close. And that's why I picked Iowa State, I think, in that game that they, they ended up um, – well, maybe I did. I don't remember. But what I do remember is 21-20, 28-13, 23-16 over Montana. They started out much like, you know, Oklahoma, but this is not Oklahoma, right? But I feel like they already got that out of their system. And now – They've been on a run against beyond West Virginia, not not good teams, but I do think kind of like you said, this is kind of the year, and I think that Oklahoma State will beat Oklahoma. I'm with you, and then that'll match up the Baylor Oklahoma State rematch as well. So either way, in that sense, it'll be a rematch. I suppose we're getting a rematch of something. Um, so that's cool. So I'm with you. I'm definitely with you there. Um, some other uh, matchups here. I'm looking at, you know, the Iowa-Nebraska game. Nebraska's technically a one-point favorite. The over-under is 41. Um, now, the last time I checked, Martinez was not going to be playing. He's, He's out. Be out. Yeah. So that's what kind of made me scratch my head and say, so why in the hell are they still favorites? If Martinez is there, he's a big a part of what they do. Now he's been there a long time, so maybe the the guy they got ready in the you know in the wings, they're just you know Vegas knows him and they're like, yeah, this dude's gonna be good too. And you know I don't know. And the fact he doesn't have a lot of tape, right? Because Nebraska's had to be in every single game, so it's not like there's probably a lot of tape on this guy because there's been no garbage minutes this year, basically. So you know. You know, being biased, I need Minnesota. I need because there's a there's a potential for a four way tie on the uh, on the the west of the uh, Big oh, Ten. Oh, good God! Instead of a two way tie, it would it would hurt us. But then it comes down if it's a four way tie, it's a round robin. And if oh Jesus, we beat Nebraska, right? But Iowa lost to Purdue and Wisconsin. They beat us, but they lost to Purdue and Wisconsin. So that means they have two losses in that round robin. So if Nebraska beats Iowa, that drops them down to create that um, four-way tie. And then obviously it would take the Gophers to beat the Badgers. And in that scenario, we would have beaten Purdue and Wisconsin in the round robin, two out of three, and we'd be in the conference final. And I say we, the Gophers. So I'm looking at that Iowa-Nebraska, but without Martinez – you know, I was actually going to pick Nebraska. I don't know if I'm going to do it without Martinez, though. 
Yeah, and that's a Nebraska team who, hey, I think they've probably covered the spread almost every game this year. I don't think they've lost a game by more than a touchdown, it seems. I know it's maybe been close to that, but but with that being said, they've also lost almost every game this year. In Iowa, you did have a two hiccups where you got your ass whooped, but you're still 9-2. and two. Like, Spencer Petrus is not going to become uh, – Philip Rivers in the NFL, like my favorite you don't quarterback know that, of all bro. time. Yeah. You don't know that, bro. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if, if, if Petrus ever becomes the equivalent of Philip Rivers, I will buy you whatever. I, you can name a gift and I'll buy it for, I don't know, wait, yeah. So it's highly unlikely. But, yeah. You got so this I would, recorded to see it. I'll take Iowa to win that game. Okay, I, I just think they're going to be able to find a way. So, um. For a fun matchup tomorrow, just got to talk about my boy Kiffin. Um, Old Miss does go to Mississippi State. Um, Mississippi State's a two-point favorite. Um, this one is – I'm a little confused. Mississippi State's been really up and down all year, and Old Miss is – I know they've had some injuries on offense throughout the last couple weeks, but they've been playing pretty solid football. So I'm kind of surprised Mississippi State's the favorite. Um, but so be it. I think Kiffin, like, usual has a chance to win. Uh, if Ole Miss does beat Mississippi State tomorrow, again, the, a New Year's Six Bowl is probably locked up for them. There's a, a 3% chance they can make the college football playoff. You would need about eight things to happen to go your way. But that would be a really fun game to watch tomorrow night uh, when you're uh, suffering from your uh, turkey nap and just sleeping and, and, and comatose. But Ole Miss, Mississippi State tomorrow night at 630 should be a really fun football game to enjoy. And for some reason, also tomorrow, Fresno State plays San Jose State, which actually is not a bad football game. But it's on 2.30 on Thanksgiving, which is a very odd time, Chris, to throw on. Uh, they better matchup. hope it's a blowout in the, in uh, the NFL. And speaking of teams, good God, I, for a betting line, um, how how do you not bet K-State? K-State's a three-point favorite, a three-point dog at Texas. Like, I, I just, I don't. They got how a lot can, of pride in Texas, dude. How How can you bet? Texas, who's lost six in a row, I, I, it's K-State world beaters, no, but they're pretty consistently of a good solid football team. They're seven and four on the year, four and four in the Big Twelve, and you're giving points to a Texas team who, I could imagine, Chris, you're no longer bowl eligible. You, last week you lost at uh, Country Roads, you know, Morgantown. Like, God, how are they not? Okay, one of my bets of the week is take K-State, get them with the three, maybe do three and a half with a hook, like. Could Texas win? Sure. But you want to talk about a team that's probably ready for the season to be over yeah. and just trying to regroup everything all together. And their quarterbacks both got dinged up last week. Their running back was hurt. Like, this is Vegas just giving you a sympathy out of respect line. But, man, and, again, I know Vegas is right 90% of the time. But for this one, I don't see how you can even give Texas three points, Chris. This team has been trashed for the last six weeks, and you're going to make them a favorite. I would definitely take – uh, K State to the window, sir. Yeah, that that's that's a good call. It's funny. I looked at. it, I was going to say Boise State, but they're actually the favorite over ten and one San Diego State on the road on CBS on Friday. That should be a you know a, a, a fun matchup to watch. I, I think some of that is uh, North Carolina, NC State. That should be a fun matchup to watch on Friday as well. Um, you know, can my Gophers beat Wisconsin or stay under that seven point spread? guess we'll find out. I kind of feel like they could stay under that seven-point spread, but I'm not too confident that they, they can uh, take the axe. But, you know, either way, it's a win-win, dude.
regardless if Iowa wins on Friday, if they beat Wisconsin, anytime you beat Wisconsin up up here up north here, it's a good deal. Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan State coming off just a debacle, and then a debacle at Purdue, pretty much. Is Penn State with that new contract <laughs> gonna? I mean, they're a favorite, one point favorite on the road. I'm, I don't know. I mean, I, sometimes you and, and I know this from experience with uh, Miami a couple years back. Sometimes you can have that eight and zero, a nine and zero, and ten and zero start, and then you look at it and you're like, huh, we lost two games, or huh, we lost our last three games of the year. You know, they lose this one, then you lose a bowl game, and then you look and go, damn, it felt like we definitely made a run, but we weren't as good as we thought. What do you think? You think the Nittany Lions can uh, do what Vegas thinks and? and just kind of kick the dog when it's down, uh, you know, uh, licking their wounds? Or will the Spartans be like, all right, dude, it's payback time. That was that was embarrassing. Oh, good God. This is a worst-case scenario for me. Uh, Michigan State has been going the wrong way for God knows how long, and I'm not obviously a huge Penn State. Oh, Jesus. Um, this was a very interesting question to ask me. I, I think that – I'm going Penn State, by the way. I'll give you a think, little bit more you... time. I'm going Penn State. I think they'll just they'll be sneakers. And sometimes uh, you need a rivalry win at the end of the year just to pump up your base, and it's, it, it really means a lot. So I think yeah, I got I got to I got to take Penn State. And honestly, Chris, I thought people were joking when they said this on the recap. But do you know that Sparty actually has the worst pass defense right now currently in in uh, BS football. I didn't. Huh. I, I I thought like they're like in I knew it was up there, but or yeah, three thirty nine, three forty. They're getting up three forty. Oh my god! Yeah, they're gonna lose this game. Yeah, yeah so I'll, oh god, I'll I didn't take. That. Yeah, I'll take. I'll take Penn State. I mean, it, it's Jesus. Yeah, who's who's had moments of very good and very average football though, throughout the whole yeah, year. Yeah. Any other items you want to get to? Before we get to the um, trappy pick of the week, sir, just for just for spreads, we are again, uh, doing pretty damn good in that area too. Just to yeah, know. for sure. And what this this is another spread where I think you know Texas gets respect. Why why is <laughs> Bama why is Bama minus nineteen and a half at Auburn? Okay, sure Auburn lost to South Carolina, but do you think they really gave a shit about the game? No. But this is probably the biggest rivalry game in college football. Um, and, and Auburn's going to be focused. I would slow down on that one. Well, it, it's, it's the biggest, very, it's just, well, for, for tradition, it's very close. I mean, you know, just like I would say Duke Carolina's for basketball and Auburn, Alabama, it's, it's top, top three, top four, you know, I guess. <laughs> That's a whole well, different podcast. It is not top three. You say tradition or the last 10 years, it's not top three, but go ahead. Oh, whatever. A difference of agreement. Well, the theories, whatever. Uh, you but, sneak LSU right in there, too, but we won't. We won't. We won't. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. They, 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 they kill trees and they throw toilet paper. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> uh, And they had to kick six on my birthday years ago. But uh, but why is Bama minus 19 and a half? What have they – okay, again, you, you barely beat LSU when you were 28 and a half points there. You beat them by six. You just beat Arkansas. You were, again, a 19-point favorite. You won by seven. You're going on the road to a big rival game. I'm not sure where it goes. Chris uh, power rankings, but it's a big rivalry game, which obviously Auburn's trying to ruin your Bama season and you're getting almost 20 points. Like I would definitely take Auburn. 
like again, I'm not calling out the lock of the year, but oh right, what is still on the roster, right? Well, what has Bama done to show that they should be a 20 point favorite on the road against any quality opponent this year? Because they haven't again, Bama was a 19 point favorite when they lost to A&M, so that spread really does surprise me, Chris, just from the way they've been playing. And again, Auburn. They're not great, but they're not. I don't think. Yeah, hell, I'll I'll quit on it. But I'm. That's definitely my pick of the week. Yeah. Take Auburn. If you can get up to, if it goes up to 21, that's even more beautiful. See where it it's goes. At home too. It's yeah. Goosey. Yeah. They got, I, they got nothing to lose. Yeah, nothing to lose at all. Huh. And Bama's got everything to go play for. And again, we've talked a lot about how Auburn's got a good D line this year. Bama's O line has been less than normal. That just that spread blows my mind. Now again, watch Bama win by 35. Well, I'll come and eat pie in the podcast, but I just don't I like see that, that one I'm happening. I'll yeah. join you on that. Under under nineteen and a half, I'm with you. Um, and aside from that, I I mean, there's it, this is just a great weekend of college football just because of all the rivalry matchups. And my last kind of point spread before we get to our crappy crafty pick of the week, A um, and M. Speaking of them, is a six and a half point favorite at LSU. Okay, now Coach O is leaving. We know that. But this team seems to have their moments where they play for him. This is his last game at LSU. You know, the players, for the most part, love him, unless he's hit on one of their moms. Um, <laughs> I, I, and, and if LSU wins, as they become bowl eligible, what did A&M show you at Old Miss last week with that quarterback to prove to you that this team should be a, a touchdown favorite at LSU? For the last game of the year with Coach Rowe, you've seen the players get up for it. Six o'clock Saturday ESPN. I'm going to be taking game, some SEC yep. dogs this week, Chris. A, a night game I think at that's Tiger a Jimbo Stadium. Effect. I think that's a yeah. Jimbo effect. I know. guess. For Jimbo sure. effect. He's already said, I don't want to go at LSU. And, in fact, I'm going to beat LSU to show I'm not going there. That's what it is, man. That's what it is. But you're good call. If that was about eight and a half, oh, man, you're right. That could, yeah. I could see that being a field goal game. I don't. I'm not going there. But I see what you're saying, because that is another thing that when you're in a good conference or a great conference, you uh, these games down the stretch matter. LSU, that's bowl eligible too. I mean, I didn't even think about that either. For sure, bowl yeah, eligible. yeah, you're right. Uh-huh. Why wouldn't you want to go travel unless you got to go to Detroit or something like that? Yeah, Cold weather New York or something. Uh-huh. But still, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, I don't know why. Jimbo effect, I guess. Well, uh, we're getting to one of our favorite parts of the show where if you've been following along this year, um, you're actually sitting pretty well financially. Again, in Las Vegas, you are considered a good gambler if you hit your bets at a 56% clip. If you're 56 to 57%, you are viewed as an elite uh, gambler uh, in the United States. So 8-4 and four this year. Um, I have a feeling I know what your shot's going to be for next week. We can discuss that. We might have a crappy crap pick next <laughs> week as well, just due to certain reasons. But for now, that that's not our focus for now. Our, our focus for now is this week, currently, what what's ahead of us. So um, this week we have a good God. Um, these teams, and, and, and this spread is a little high, but it, it's still fair, and, and i got to give it to you just because these teams – these teams have played a combined 22 games, Chris. And of the 22 games these teams have played, there have been two victories. Um, you know one of these fellow uh, members because they've, they've joined our, our, our uh, elite club uh, just recently. 
but this game is two o'clock on Saturday. So if you're ready, if you want to watch uh, a, a shitty matchup where you turn on either Bama or uh, Penn State, uh, Michigan State, you, you Bama Auburn, okay, you got uh, UMass traveling to New Mexico State. It is at Aggie Memorial Stadium in Las Cruces, New Mexico. It's supposed to be 55 and cloudy. That's a nice fall day. You have to pay $16 to get into this godforsaken garbage dump of a game. Oh, $16. 16, we, but we, Chris, this should be a single digit ticket. When both teams have one win, you should be paying F and $9. I want, I'm paying a single digit ticket. Um, again, we, we always try to give these picks to where you can take a side. Now the spread six and a half, so you can take the spread or you can pick them. You know, it might be like a minus 200 money line pick, but the UMass Minutemen, who again, just recently lost to an FCS school in Maine. It wasn't close are traveling to the Mexico State Aggies, who are 1 in 10, who are getting 6.5 points. <laughs> yeah, that's where you know you've fallen off the fucking map. When you lose to a team that's not in the fucking, you know, league, they're your level, and then now this. Hey, they're, they're, one of these teams is going to get their second win, Chris. Who, what does your gut tell you about this beautiful matchup? Again, this is a an appetizer before Bama Auburn. The, <laughs> the biggest thing I'm worried about in this game is Ellis Merriweather. Okay, he's sitting at a five point average um, per carry, nine hundred, and you know they haven't been able to just milk clocks out run the ball, right? I mean, you just kind of assume that they haven't been able to do that. So, because, you know, they suck. So, they don't have a lot of leads and stuff like that. So, I'm, you know, this the holding the ball away does kind of scare me. But, man, this is the crafty, crappy pick of the week here, baby. Eight and four, just to remind folks again, we'll say it again, eight and four. So, if you want to sit on the sidelines, you're happy with what you've gotten, okay. But this is, you got to hear me out. This is going to close good here. 43 points UMass. That's even with Canby as a rim protector. 43 points they give up. But, you know, New Mexico, 41 and a half. Neither of them, you know, oh, yeah, neither of them really stopped the pass 306 through the air. But I'm not so worried about that. Uh, New Mexico gives up 306. They give up a buck 88. That's not good either. But 238, New Mexico... State has to find a way to run the ball against a team that gives up 238. Well, they did did just play Army. So maybe that their average jumped up like 20 points on that one negatively. But, yeah, dude, I mean, passing yards a buck. This is a crafty, crafty pick of the week. Wow. But um, the home team, what, out of I think only two road teams have won this year. Two, maybe three tops. I think two. So I'm going to stay at home and, you know, probably take out a loan so because it's not single digits to get in the building. So we are, it is 16, to Aggie Memorial. So I'm going with um, the home squad, New Mexico State Aggies, to get it done. And even in this ESPN, it says battle for the bottom. I just saw that. <laughs> the, top, the top two bottom teams square off. For the dis, dishonor of being the worst of the worst. Well, man, way to go on this one. This this really is a way to end. I'm going with the Aggies from New Mexico State. Sir. 
Uh, and to wrap up the Battle of Alumni, we've, we've talked about uh, UMass a handful of times. Um, they do have Marcus Camby. They have Victor Cruz and his salsa dancing. They have uh, a point guard named Chaz Williams, who I loved. Uh, Julius Irving. Uh, Rick Pitino, again, the goalie. I remember bringing this up because you're like, what the hell are you talking about goalies for? Jonathan Quick, the LA Kings goalie, won a couple of cups. Uh, Brianna Scurry is a former USA women's national soccer team. So the UMass alumni is pretty strong. For New Mexico State, um, they have a bunch of football players. I consider myself to be like in it, like just for following sports, I would say I'm like the top 5% sports is my life in this country. Like that's what I enjoy. I've not heard of a single name of these players. They have NFL photos of them in jerseys, but I don't know who they are. Uh, Carrie Lachlan is, look, appears to be a coach in a Jets jersey. I've never heard of him. Tony, Tony, uh, Raggy, Sadiq Shabazz, Kyle Nelson, Joe Pisarsic, Roy Gorilla, da- Danny Villanueva appears to be a congressman. Chris, there's a lot of NFL players whose names I've never heard of at all. So, <laughs> Uh, the first athlete I recognize is Rich Beam as a golfer for New Mexico State. He's on the third page of Google's drop-down or side tab. So just I, when I can't – oh, oh my God, P- Pascal Siakam. There we go. When it takes you hey. to scroll through five arrows to find your first respectable athlete, in my opinion, and Pascal Siakam is a good basketball player. The, the the tip of the cap has to go to UMass for the final – well, for the for this – as of now, uh, final alumni battle of the year. Hey, so on that note, um, the best thing about this week is you do get college football Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It is the best time of the year. You get to enjoy time, hopefully love time with your family, get to be safe, have a whole bunch of food, hopefully not let any COVID stuff get in your way, and simply kind of enjoy a Thanksgiving last year, which I honestly don't even remember my last year because of all this stuff we had to go on. So, again, enjoy your football. Enjoy betting Auburn and winning a ticket with me. And mm. Chris and I love the support, as always. And we'll be back next week with what could be a very interesting playoff prediction segment. The boys are out tonight. Have a great Thanksgiving. Love you all. Peace.